Hello, everyone. This is Eric Pennington, and welcome to the Spirit of EQ podcast. We're glad that you've tuned in. A few things we wanted to tell you at the beginning of the show, and that's this podcast was created to be a tool to help you, primarily to discover and grow your EQ. Science and our own lived experiences confirm that the better we are at managing our emotions, the better we're going to be at making decisions, which leads to a better life. And that's something we all want. We're glad that you've taken out the time today to listen and hope that something that you hear will lead to a breakthrough. Hey, one last thing. We'd really appreciate a review on whichever platform you use to listen. And if you want to, leave some comments about what you heard today, as well as follow and subscribe. That way you won't miss a single episode as we continue this journey. And with that, the show begins. Hello, everyone. This is Eric Pennington with The Spirit of EQ. Welcome to The Spirit of EQ podcast. Today's episode is on EQ, exercise, and nutrition. Life is a journey. Spirit of EQ helps shape and guide the road ahead for individuals, leaders, teams, and organizations striving to realize their full potential through emotional intelligence. Spirit of EQ is a coaching and consulting company that assists individuals and businesses to reach their full potential by developing emotional intelligence. In business, managers and leaders recognize the value of training to develop leadership skills. What they may not realize is that those skills are far more effective when they pay attention to not only performance, but also to people. Emotional intelligence is a crucial skill because people drive performance and emotions drive people. Joining me as always is Jeff East with the Spirit of EQ. Hi Jeff, how are you? Hi Eric, everyone out there. So, Jeff, I kind of, uh, I tried to pull this out of my hat like a musician. Okay. Talk a little bit about exercise and nutrition. Okay. And, I, and my gut is, is that there's probably a ton of people out there going, okay, so what does that have to do with emotional intelligence? <laughs> well, we'll find it, out. Uh, yes, exactly. That's the beauty of this show. Just stick around, listen, <laughs> and you'll find out. But let me start with something, and it's really been on my mind a lot, uh, especially as we're, you know, we're in the first, what we almost have completed three months of the year. And a number of people, you know, typically uh, they set their New Year's resolutions and typically exercise and diet and losing weight and all that is is on the list. I think there's a statistic somewhere, Jeff, that says that by the second week of February is kind of the window <laughs> when things just kind of fall off, right? right? So I'm thinking very positively about our audience. And I think that they are, even if they've fallen off, they still want to get it done. They still want to do it right. So I thought today in our in this episode, we could talk a little bit about the importance of exercise and nutrition and also talk about the role that emotional intelligence plays with it. Now, here's the thing, warning for all the listeners out there. Uh, this is a no judgment zone. Uh, we're not going to go down the path of what you should do, what you shouldn't do, how much of X and how much of Y. I would tell you if you're in a position where you're not sure, you're starting out or you're wondering if you're on the right track, uh, you, you probably want to hire someone, a trainer, a nutrition coach, a nutritionist, uh, 
Um, I want to talk with your doctor. Uh, I just want to get that out straight because this really is more about the, the decision-making side, Jeff, than it is yes. about what's the right program. Um, you know, if I could could add something. Yeah, quick no, to absolutely. That. Yeah. Whenever we're, whenever Spirit of EQ, Eric and I, or, or any of the other people that we work with are working with a, a person or a client, we're not there to solve their problem. Yeah. What yeah. we do is we provide the tools to make the decisions to solve the problem. And I think yeah. that's what you're saying. Yeah, and that's that's a great way of putting it, Jeff, because ultimately the answer about what is the right program, right process for you is inside of you. And what works for me may not necessarily be a fit for you. Uh, now, today, as we uh, have this conversation, um, I'm going to touch on some of the things that I do, but not for the purposes of telling you that this is the way. Uh, it's done for the in purposes of illustrating, again, the connection to emotional intelligence. So, Jeff, I'm going to start there uh, with the idea about the impacts of exercise and nutrition. And, and many of us, uh, uh, many of our audience members, you included, right, Jeff, the, you, you know that ultimately uh, when we exercise and when we eat well, uh, it can have a positive effect on our focus and our outlook. And mm -hmm. I won't even go scientific on that. Just imagine that you, you were at dinner and you ate a meal that you like, but you ate too much. And you don't feel so good about an hour later. Okay. How effective are you going to be with your focus? How effective are you going to be with your outlook when it's weighing you down, right? You just want to go take a nap. <laughs> and there's a reason for that, right? Hmm. I mean, there is there is some science behind that. There's, there, there's a reason why they recommend that you don't eat a big meal at lunchtime, right? You're, I don't think people realize how much energy your stomach, your digestive system is robbing from the rest of your body to do its work. And there's a lot of energy that's expended in, in digesting a big meal. Exactly. So um, that's one area. To think about, and and I would I would also throw that out to you guys, and I think it, it's probably pretty evident. This connects directly with emotional intelligence and our decision making, mm -hmm. right? I, I'm going to kind of go to which I think is one of the most powerful uh, competencies in our work, Jeff, and that is applying consequential thinking. I'm not trying to be a killjoy here. I mean, if you love that pasta primavera, um, I, I get it. Um, all I'm saying, though, is thinking it through, weighing the consequence of if I eat too much of something I like, it might have a negative impact on me a little further after, right? So um, has that ever happened to you? Has it ever happened to me, Jeff? Yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> you know, when I, I was enjoying myself and it was just great and not to mention when we were eating more regularly with other people, the, you know, the conversation, everybody's having fun. And before you know it, you're going, Oh my gosh, this is my third slice of, this is my third helping of. Right. So again, this is not judgment, but it is something to, to, to kind of encourage the idea of 
using the competencies of emotional intelligence to help you make those better decisions. Because when you think about the United States of America, Jeff, it's very clear that we do have an issue with our physical well-being. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it just is. And, and again, that's not to judge anyone. That's just to illustrate that that's a fact. So somewhere along the line, we've probably gotten out of the practice of using our right emotional intelligence to make those better decisions. And that's kind of where we're going with this today is how can I make the best decisions as I go down my path, right? One of the things that I would think when it comes to exercise and nutrition, uh, matter of fact, I'll, I'll rephrase that and say, Jeff, the one things that have served me well is the recognition of the gift of life. I don't have to tell you or tell our audience just how marvelously the human body is made. I mean, Jeff, you and I have had side conversations about, you know, about how it blows our mind, how we operate just every single day. Right. You know, it's the, the best minds in the world still can't figure out exactly how our minds work. Yeah. Right. And all of that, is being forged together for our benefit, for our good, right? And I get it. And I'm in the club. I mean, parts of my body have stopped working and and needed repair or can't get by without some kind of medication. But on the whole, Jeff, there's no getting around just how wonderfully we are made. So in that spirit, I think... We want to be doing everything we can to take care of this wonderful gift that we've been given. And that's kind of sort of the the overarching purpose around here, around the subject is how do we get into the practice of making that a daily decision and choice? And for our listeners, one thing I would tell you is that this does not require that you train for a marathon. It it does not require that you're able to deadlift 350 pounds, right? We're -hmm. talking about, and a lot of what's going to, we're going to be discussing here is about those small steps, those small things that you can start and you can build upon. And if you're able, and if you exercise this, your emotional intelligence and the competencies, you can get to a place where you'll get some momentum going around this. And, and Jeff, I'm really excited today to talk to you a bit about neural pathways, mm-hmm. uh, which, which is coming up because that, that plays such a big part in this. So what I'm going to do, Jeff, is I'm going to, uh, I'm going to pivot for a minute and I'm going to talk a little bit about my routine and how I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, obviously, Jeff, I, I want your thoughts and your your insights and questions as we go along here, but I want to kind of lay it out for the listeners that uh, first, a little bit of my backstory. Uh, I was one of the worst offenders when it came to exercise and diet about 15 years or so ago. Uh, I was a corporate guy, as many of you know, being a corporate exec, I thought that because I had a great title and I made a lot of money, that that meant that everything else in life was good. If you're on that path, I highly, highly, highly recommend you get off, (laughs) take the exit ramp. Because what I found out uh, when I left corporate America 
was that I was not in such the best shape. And the funny story around that, a friend of mine had recommended that I take up running because I had told him, I said, Hey, you know, I'm in this place. I'm, I'm kind of wondering if I need to get in better shape. You know, I'm getting close to 40, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, he said, uh, Oh, you should take up running. And, uh, before you do make sure that you go to a place where you can buy really good shoes, because that's going to impact the quality of your run. It'll help you with injury and all of that. Okay. No problem. So I go to this place that specializes in running shoes. My friend had prepared me. You're going to pay more than you usually would expect to pay because you're, you're buying the right type of shoe. No problem. So I get in there and I'm sure that the, uh, the guy that was helping me out probably thought, boy, this guy doesn't know what he's getting into because <laughs> Jeff, I walked in thinking, ah, this is not going to be a big deal. <laughs> I'll, I'll probably be ready for a marathon in a couple months. So I'll never forget the look on his face when I was just uber confident and ready to go. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I remember him looking at me, Jeff, with like a wince on his face, you know, kind of that look like when somebody knows somebody's about ready to punch them and they're trying to block the blow type thing. <laughs> and uh, he says to me, ah, I got to tell you, the first four or six weeks, it's probably going to suck. <laughs> He's got it. Right. And here I am. I'm thinking, I dog, this is not going to be a big deal at all. And Jeff, I got home, got ready for the next morning, got up that morning. And I think I might've made it, uh, an eighth of a mile, maybe a quarter before I thought I was going to have a coronary. <laughs> and I'll never forget the street I was walking on the sidewalk at that point thinking, Oh my goodness, I, I am out of shape. I can't, I can't, I could, if you would, if you would have said you'd pay me $10,000, I would not have been able to keep going. It was that bad. And that was the catalyst of humility because <laughs> I realized I wasn't as great as I thought I was. And to really get committed about this thing of exercise and, and nutrition. So I was the guy that thought I could do without it. It would just take care of itself. Fast forward, as I got into that routine, I started looking at what I was eating. I started looking at my exercise and I adopted some things that worked for me. Again, I want to stress to everyone listening, what I did may not be what you should do. I highly, highly recommend that you do this in concert with a, your medical professional, uh, a coach, trainer, whatever you may have, because we're all different and we're all made different. Um, the things that I could do versus what you can do on and on and on. So I set forward in a plan. It, it wasn't immediate, um, but fast forward to today. Um, I typically I'm in a routine of where I exercise Monday through Friday. And I do a blend of yoga, strength training, running, um, things of that nature. Uh, I typically try to do, I don't know, 30 to 45 minutes, I think is what it kind of equals out to in the end. I take off Saturday and Sunday. This is kind of a new protocol for me because I am looking into the, the benefits of rest for the body. And it's so far, it's proven to be a, a, a good pathway. 
from a nutrition perspective, I try to stay inside of that. I, I probably will pronounce it wrong, so please bear with me. Paleo type of diet with a little bit of autoimmune protocol, uh, which is kind of designed to help with inflammation because inflammation is a big deal. Uh, and there's a lot of reasons, a lot of research out around that. I also try to not be, again, for lack of a better way of saying it, a killjoy. I have the things that I like to eat that probably are not the greatest for me. But what I try to make sure of is that I don't make those a regular part of my diet. I don't really feel it's healthy to just go, I cannot eat that ever. I think it's much more healthy to have a balance about it and say, I can, but I'm planning for it. I'm going to do that once per month. That's what's worked for me. I know there are some people, Jeff, that would say, oh, no, no, I, I gotta, I can't have that in the house. Before all the, the uh, uh, COVID stuff happened, I was doing very well with uh, intermittent fasting. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then when all, everything hit, it just totally disrupted my, my schedule, which I'm now getting back into that because uh, I, I, I'd lost the gains that I'd made or mm-hmm. gained the loss that I made, however you want to say it. Yeah, yeah, right. But, but the program that I'm using has built in a cheat day or something so that yes. if your, your fasting period is going on now, you can... It's okay if somebody's having a birthday party. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, you need to have something like that built in because if you don't, doing it will probably derail you. That's an important note. And I, and I would also add to that, Jeff, you know, I don't want to sound somewhat of a downer here, but nobody gets out of this alive. <laughs> so the idea that if I have a slice of cake at a birthday party could mean the difference between living three or five more years, I think is fantasy. I'd almost lay odds on it. It's fantasy. What we're talking about is intention and consistency Mm. around what we do, which kind of leads me to the role of emotional intelligence and my routine. Emotional intelligence has really helped me to be aware and to pay attention to my body, to how I feel, uh, to what I, what are the impacts of the food I'm eating? What are the impacts of the exercise? You know, the idea about recognizing patterns in our world is, is uh, we don't need to repeat here for very long, but it, it has helped me kind of get a sense about it. And as I said there at the beginning, Jeff, I've been given this wonderful gift, my body, my mind, uh, life, I want to do everything I can and recognizing Jeff that there may be some things I could do a hundred percent right. And I'm still going to get the diagnosis. Mm -hmm. There are many people out there that are in the same boat. Maybe they've done everything, maybe the healthiest person, whatever, and they still get the diagnosis. But here's the thing. I've taken the approach of I'm going to be well, regardless of my circumstances regardless of whether or not I get the good news or the bad news, because all of us have that in common, Jeff. We all are getting good news and bad news. 
So my perspective with emotional intelligence, it's helped me continue to grow it. And I would say as a last thing around my routine is, is what I've been discovering a lot is about yoga. And it's, it's benefits from a physical perspective are, are, are well-documented. One of the things that it has done for me, and again, stressing that for me, is that it's helped sharpen my, my understanding and my, that awareness about my body and what it's doing, right? Because absent of that, I think it's easy, it is for me to get into a place where I go on autopilot. I start to eat and not think about it. I just do it. Great example this morning. I get a text message uh, from someone who really wanted to communicate about a certain subject. And it was a fairly heavy subject, right? And don't you know, Jeff, my mind went totally on what was I going to say? How I was going to say it? What were my thoughts? They responded back to me. I responded back to them. They responded back to me. And Jeff, I'm eating my breakfast. But if you ask me, okay, so do you remember what was going on with what you were eating and what you were drinking? Jeff, I'd have to tell you, I, I, I was distracted. Mm-hmm. Now, some people could say, well, what difference does it make? Well, I think it makes a big difference because that awareness in focus is something that you want to build into your practice, right? Yeah, being in the moment. Right, right? Because I, I'm just being fully transparent with you and the audience, right? Jeff, I probably ended up just stuffing myself with my food so I could get on to responding to the message, right? Now, does that mean end of the world? Does that mean I should, I should resign from the Emotional Intelligence Club of America? <laughs> no. <laughs> but Jeff, you know what? The wiser thing, the more powerful thing, would have been for me to, I'll respond after I'm finished eating. And in fairness to the person that sent me the tech messages, they didn't say, Eric, I need a response in 20 seconds. <laughs> but our, our world tells us now that has to be done right this second. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think that's a good segue, Jeff, to, I wanted to talk about, uh, and I want your insights on neural pathways. Okay. For just the benefit of the audience, can you just give us a high level about um, neural pathways? And then as we get into discussion, I'm going to connect that into okay. this idea about managing uh, this practice for your physical and, and nutritional needs. To me, I, is, I, I will, every time I talk about neural pathways, I will get chemicals and everything all messed up. So I'm not going to go down that road because I am not a neuroscientist and I'm not going to pretend to be because I'll just make myself look silly. Uh, Basically (laughs) a neural pathway is something in your brain that is, is like a road or for me, I think of of more of like a river that Mm -hmm. when, when this is going on, that's the pathway that you're used to. And you automatically go to that pathway because it's easy. You're familiar with it. Your brain, your body and everything is used to going down that pathway. Uh, but the, the issue with the neural pathway is 
where is the destination of that pathway? Is it taking you where you want to be? So okay. I want to go, I want to go to that example with me and the text message and my mill. Okay. Now you and I agree, right? That's probably not into the world stuff. Eh, one off, you know, better next time around. But Jeff, what if I decided that every time I get a text message, I got to respond right now. And let's say that this, right. And let's just say it happens tomorrow. It happens next week, next month, next two months. What's happening then? You're, you're building a neural pathway. You're making that river easy to navigate. It's going to be nice and deep and wide with not a lot of current. And it's going to take you to that destination every time. And you don't even and think Jeff, about it. Okay. And and Jeff, if you were to ask me, right, Eric, is that where you want to go? My immediate answer would be no, Jeff. I, I I need to eat my meal and I can respond after, right? Uh-huh. Right. So I, I, I interrupted you and I and I, I wanted to because I want everybody to understand the building of a neural pathway begins with the first step into the boat. It, yeah, it, it starts out as a little little ditch or a little little. I, I I'm an old farm boy, a little crick. Right, <laughs> for, right. For the, for the non Midwesterns, that's creek. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And that's where where I'm going with this because the subtlety of it can be really dangerous, right? And. You know, the beauty, again, of our work, Jeff, and the, and the clients that we work with, we're helping them recognize these kind of patterns and, and, mm-hmm. and using competencies like recognizing patterns to, to, to okay, careful. Now, you, you watch what you're doing because these neural pathways are very powerful. So you keep going. So you, the more you use that neural pathway, the, the easier it is for you to navigate it and it becomes automatic when when this situation comes up i already have the 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 roadmap of where i'm going to go i'm going to go down that pathway where it, it like you said it, where it becomes a, a danger is when that is not the destination you really want to go to so now you're going to have to do some work uh to to build a new neural pathway Example I had in my, in my previous career, I worked for a service company and I, I came up through the ranks and, the, you know, the first several years I was a field technician, which I love doing, but then I started to move into management. And, but my neural pathway that I developed was if there is a situation with the customer, I had to be the one to take care of it. Mm. But that was not my role anymore. My role was to get the technicians to take care of the customer and then provide support yeah. to them. And it took a while for me to rebuild that pathway so that when a situation came up, there was a problem. I would let them do what they needed to do and then do what I needed to do to support them. So I, I got pretty successful and, and was able to build that second pathway. But the problem is that first pathway doesn't go away. Right. It just doesn't magically disappear. So what I found myself when in is if I had a customer that was very irate or maybe the technician was being unreasonable or giving me issues, 
I would go back to that pathway and just, I'm going to do it myself. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's how you, but it took practice, you know, probably for the first year, it was very easy for me to slip into that first neural pathway. Then as I kept doing it and doing it, it got better. And then when I would have those situations where I would go back to it, I was able to recognize that pattern and go, no, I'm, I can't go down that pathway again. Although, well, you just illustrated, uh, Jeff, the, the power of, uh, of emotional intelligence. And the, the idea here is that as we leverage and grow the competencies, they aid us in something that is very natural. I mean, it just is. And, and even when we, we, we look at it from the perspective of the, the exercise and nutrition thing, when you begin a program at the very beginning, it's going to feel like your brain's fighting you on it. Mm-hmm. And you're in the process of building a new neural pathway. And your brain is rejecting it because the beauty of why we have our brain, one of the big reasons, it's to protect us. It's to, to give us order and efficiency. Well, if, if you, let's say you're, you live in the mountains in Wyoming and where there's bears, the neural pathway that you build for when you're confronted by a bear, that one you should probably leave alone and not worry about it because, yeah, yeah. because that one is going, that was going to serve you well. And that's where you need to recognize the pattern and yeah. really pay attention to it. You know, yeah, because there are some of them, like you said, Jeff, that should remain in place. They're they're there for good reason, mm-hmm. um, and that that's a great example. And I think um, w- one of the things that I have seen, and it's not just in the physical and uh, exercise mission, is that people can't handle the front end pain and resistance that they experience when they're trying to build this new neural pathway. Mm-hmm. So they give up. Right. As you said, if you live in Wyoming and you've got a neural pathway about how it is you handle hiking where there's bears nearby, mm-hmm. uh, again, that's serving you well. You, you probably don't want to develop a new right. one around that. Right. But when it comes to whether you had a conversation with your doctor and the doctor says you've really got to change your diet or the doctor says you've really got to start exercising or whatever it may be. I'm just wanting to say to everybody, and, and this is the beauty of using empathy. Go easy on yourself in that first two to three weeks because it, it is going to be tough. It is going to, mm-hmm. as like the running shoe guy told me so many years ago, it's going to suck probably for the first four to six weeks. But Jeff, I think there's something wonderful about if you know ahead of time, that's going to be kind of sucky. Mm-hmm. You, it's almost like uh, you're, you're four forewarned is forearmed if, if I get that saying right right, right? Exactly. Um, so I, I guess where I'm going in that respect is recognize that there will be the resistance recognize that the first whatever window of time the early part of your building of a new neural pathway is going to be tough but I can prom I can tell you from my own experience if you will hang in there, you will see something start to happen with your brain. Your br- I'm going to just throw it into my lingo here. Your brain will begin to do the, oh, okay, we could do this. Oh, I kind of like this new pathway. We, we get up every morning and we go for a walk. We get up every morning and we do yoga. 
Oh, yeah. And before you know it, it will help start helping you. In the beginning, it was like resisting. Now it's in this mode of helping you, right? And it's a mm -hmm. new neural pathway. And I can tell you from my own experience and others, when they try to go down the path of, well, I'm not going to exercise anymore, their brain starts to fight them on it. Why? Because of that neural pathway thing, right? Exactly. And 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 I hopefully, you know, Jeff, this is coming out clear for everyone that, you know, we've been given such autonomy over, I don't know how I'd want to say it, how to create a life that is the kind of life that is really good, you know? I mean, I know it's not, we're not going to do anything about the circumstances. I can't, you know, we don't have an answer for COVID-19 and lockdowns and masks and all that. <laughs> but on the whole, right, the choices that we're making are around our lifestyles, in this case, exercise and nutrition, are going to kind of be what we kind of choose them to be, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. we, we have control over the things we have control of. There, there are some things, like you said, we, we can't control, but do some, you know, the things that you can actually change the outcome or affect the outcome is what we need to pay attention to. You know, I, I yeah. can't change, like you said, I can't change COVID, but I can change how my, how I am being affected by COVID. Yeah. Your response to it. Right. I mean, and, and how, you, you know, the choices, I mean, I, this, this is, um, you know, I came into this, episode, Jeff, you know, really wanting to emphasize the need for people to feel uh, that they could come, they could listen to this and not feel shame or embarrassment mm -hmm. or anything like that. And I, and I do, I do want that. I also want to be straight with people that we're not talking about different types of cars and vehicles. You may like electric, I may want the regular gas, you may like an SUV, I want a compact. We're talking about something that's very, very important. Mm -hmm. And because it's important, we all, every single person should be paying attention to it with urgency and with dedication. Now, I want to talk a little bit, Jeff, about small steps versus big steps, right? So, when we think about it, we want to be successful at this. If we're going to make some changes with our exercise or our diet, if it's a radical change or if it's just an incremental or a small change or what have you, one of the key ways that I've found has been taking small steps or setting small goals. Because when we recognize that in the beginning, once again, your brain's going to resist. So it's much better for it to resist in a small thing than a big thing. Mm -hmm. Because you think about the chances, right? If I'm trying to tackle this giant thing, big thing, I'm probably increasing the chances that I'm just going to surrender. A small thing is probably going to be one that I'll be able to overcome. But along the way, I'm building up this sort of these small steps leading to a big thing, right? So. For those of you out in the audience that maybe are thinking about a plan, 
I am going to highly recommend that if it comes to exercise and if you've not exercised in since COVID began, let's say you haven't exercised in a year meaningfully, maybe the idea is don't jump into a gym membership and start lifting weights. Maybe it should start with, I'm going to start walking every other day for 20 minutes. And my goal is going to be is that after a month of doing that, I'm going to go back to the gym and I'm going to start using their elliptical. And then the month after that, I'm going to graduate myself up to doing strength training. And I'm going to use weights that are maybe 50% lower than what I was used to two years ago. And yes, you're, if you're a person of a lot of ego, you might think, ah, oh, it's no big deal. But what we're trying to do here is not so much make you a, a, uh, a specimen for the world to see. We're trying to build up something that becomes your lifelong practice. You know, I was just thinking this time of year, I'm, I'm a big baseball fan. And normal years, spring training for baseball lasts over a month. Yeah. I mean, these are professional athletes and you know, they don't come in on that first day of spring, spring training doing what they did at the end of the season last year. You know, the pitchers aren't all throwing 100 miles an hour when they first come in or, or throwing complete games. You know, they're building back up to it. And these are professional athletes and most of yeah. us aren't. Yeah, but that's a great example, Jeff. And, you know, once again, I, I'm, I'm going to assume that the majority of our audience are not preparing for the Olympics. Uh, they're not, um, you know, going to be going to the NFL combine, all those different things. Right. So <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say that you can afford to take those small steps. One of the things I want to revisit a little bit that I mentioned in the beginning, Jeff, is a story about focus and outlook. Um, there was a client many years ago, and this predates my time with you. And um, he's not the first I've experienced this with where the subject of getting into a new routine from a health perspective. He, he came to me in this particular time and had said, I've fallen off. I haven't done what I need to be doing. And I, it's just so tough and it's hard. And he was speaking about exercise and diet. And, you know, I said, um, look, I mean, go easy on yourself here. You know, using that kind of that same analogy, you're not, you know, you're not going to the NFL combine next week. Uh, so let's not crash the world because you had a bad two weeks or something. And um, this wasn't the first time. Wasn't the first time that he had had that Oh my gosh, I messed, I've not stayed consistent. <laughs> so there had to be some accountability. And in that accountability, I, I said to him, I'm, I'm going to make a list and I want you to tell me what are the benefits that you get from when you eat well and you exercise? He just started rattling off, Jeff. Oh, I've got better focus. I find that I got more energy. I find that I'm in a better mood. I mean, he just kept going on and on and on. And I said, uh, would you mind if maybe, you know, when we meet, I could ask you um, uh, how important these eight things that you just listed are to you? 
because what I think happens is, Jeff, we we become unconscious, kind of like me in that mill, right? Being interrupted by the text or focusing on a text message. We just get into this, oh yeah, I just ate. Oh yeah, I exercised. Oh yeah, I did it. Check mark, check mark, check mark, right? But the reality is, is that there's something really big and beneficial happening. So I would ask somewhat directly to the audience, to you, Jeff, to me, think about the benefits that you gain from exercise and nutrition and ask yourself, are those important to you? My gut is the answer is going to be yes. So why not do them? Now, remember, we got to factor in those neural pathways, the old ones. We have to factor in the process of building a new neural pathway, the resistance from our brains, right? All that stuff. We need to definitely factor in self-empathy. Mm-hmm. Notice the notice how my voice got a little louder, Jeff. Self-empathy, <laughs> right? Yes. Okay. The only people that should feel bad about themselves are the ones that won't even try it, that won't even work on it. Mm-hmm. If that's that that's maybe a legitimate reason to feel bad about what you're doing. But if you're trying, if you're giving it your shot, you're 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 starting off small, you're 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 fighting the resistance. Don't don't beat yourself up. Don't don't criticize. Don't don't critique and judge. Just keep going. Just keep going. And I think there needs to be a little you you need to have some reality built in. I know no matter how much work I would put in, I'm not going to be able to run a marathon because I've got a ankle that's put back together with some screws from a world's stupidest motorcycle accident. <laughs> right. So I, I have to take that into consideration because if I tried to do that physically, mechanically, realistically, I know it can't happen. But, you know, I, I, I'm I working up to it again. You know, I can go for an hour walk if I get myself back in shape. I also know there's going to be some pain in the ankle. So which is more important, that little bit of pain in the ankle or the, at the hour walk? And that's the pathway I'm working on building right now. And you know what, Jeff, I would take that in a heartbeat over any great achievement and a marathon or some other, because ultimately, Jeff, it's not just about the physical thing. It, it, it is about this idea of embracing this gift we've been given and treating it like that. Right. And, and here's the thing. We live in an age of comparison. We live in an age of, um, I call it sort of, you know, I think Facebook sometimes should have been renamed to fake book uh, <laughs> because the reality of, of those pressures on people puts them in a position where they easily can begin to think, again, I'm not that good. I'm not, I, I should do better. I should have done this. I'm not good enough at that. But here's the thing. When you can get your to your place of running your own race, no pun intended, but you can run the race you've been given, the satisfaction level and the consistency and the, I don't know, for lack of a better way of saying it, Jeff, it's like, if, if you want to find something that'll help it stick, it's running your own race. 
Mm-hmm. And Jeff, I, 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 an example for me, like right now I'm transitioning a bit to, in my yoga practice, to doing it for longer and doing it more often. And you want to know something? My brain's resisting right now. You know why? Because my brain says, well, no, we only do yoga every other day. So you've <laughs> got to stick to the program, Eric. That's what my brain is telling me. So don't you know that when I've started to go, I'm going to do more yoga, my brain's going, well, that's not what we do. So I'm getting resistance right now. But here's the thing. If I can tune Jeff out and I can tune out the world and social media that keeps telling me what I should be and what I should do, I'm going to be better positioned to move to that place that I need to with my yoga practice, right? Because there's so much of the best of our lives that are found in just moving down that path, being able to turn down all that noise and be able to, okay, get in there and, and, and recognize that it's your race. It's not Eric and Jeff's race. It's your race. It's your routine. It's your diet. You make it the best you can. Mm-hmm. And that's just so vitally important. I'm going to touch on, uh, as we get close to the end here, Jeff, uh, on something I think is important, and that is accountability. And I think this can be a real aid for everyone. Uh, Let me stress to you what accountability is not in my mind. Um, Jeff, you can get your thoughts on this too. I'm not talking about accountability as in Jeff says, Eric, I want you to hold me accountable to taking a walk for an hour, and I'm going to do it every other day. And I text Jeff three times a day before the day he's going to go for the walk saying, are you ready? Did you buy your shoes? Are you taking your wife with you? Are you going to take the dog? And then Jeff gets back from the walk. And sure enough, I asked him when he was going and I respond, okay, Jeff, did you finish? Did you walk for exactly an hour? I'm not talking about a nag. No, exactly. (laughs) Right. All right. So. I'm going to let you inject here, Jeff. What do you think I am talking about? What accountability for somebody to help someone stick to what their goal is. One, I think there needs to be a little bit of depth in that where I would share with you the reasons that I want to do this. Mm, Yeah. This, these are the benefits I'm looking for. This is why I'm doing it so that you understand why. And then also a good accountability coach, whatever you want to call it, has to have some empathy for that person to understand they're not always going to do what they said they're going to do. But because you know why I want to do it, you'll be able to use that knowledge to gently remind me, you know, you know, remind me of those of why I'm setting that goal, and you know, like I said, I have a, a ankle messed up, and understand that. Hey, was your ankle bothering you yesterday, and you had to cut it short? Ask those kind of questions. Yeah, Jeff, you just really hit on something really big there too, right? You mentioned finding somebody that's going to have empathy uh, and setting the stage for that accountability. Mm-hmm. I should ask you, if, if you came to me and legitimately said, Eric, I, I want you to hold me accountable. I should ask you, Jeff, well, let's talk about what that looks like. 
Yeah. Do you want do you, do you want me to remind you? Do you want me to just send a random once a week text that asked if you did it? Because then I'm operating under your definition exactly. and your flow, right? So it doesn't become again, Eric decides what's best for Jeff. Jeff does. Right. Because you're in it together, I guess is the best way to say it. We sometimes think about, you know, somebody that's holding you accountable, that their job is to point out the failures. Their job is also to celebrate successes. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you know what? That That's where the power is. Now, I will tell you, for those of you out there who've maybe not, because this can be self-accountability too, right? <laughs> you can create a plan on paper. You can set a reminder of reviewing that plan once a week, once every other week, whatever, to keep yourself on track. That's definitely a, a possibility too. A good one for, for that matter. Um, and then it also is finding someone whom you trust, uh, someone who has empathy, someone that's also not going to buy your BS. Because quite exactly. frankly, Jeff, we know if we're all going to be transparent, we all are good at BSing ourselves, I mean, <laughs> typically. So finding someone that's not going to buy that and can do it in a way, again, that's gentle and caring and calling you on your BS uh, is important. Here are some things that, uh, kind of to give some tips, and we'll put some of this information in the show notes. The first one, I would go back into the archives of our podcast and take a look at some of our earliest uh episodes because we did talk about competencies. And those competencies, I think, can really serve you well around this understanding how emotional intelligence can be leveraged to help you as you're in this facet. Now, obviously, today, Jeff, we talked about exercise and nutrition. There's multitude of areas of life that we can leverage our emotional intelligence mm -hmm. to, to make those better decisions. So, if you're in that position or if you have a team of people and you're wanting to apply the same kind of template or model, get in touch with us. We'd love to talk to you about how we could help you and your organization. The other tip that I would throw out to you is I want to just as a reminder, start small. Just start small and build. Um, it's the most efficient. And again, I believe that it puts you in a position where you ensure you increase the chances that you're going to be successful in what you're trying to tackle that as it relates to this. You know, it's very important. Again, by way of re-emphasizing the importance of self-empathy. Uh, I do believe we're way too hard on ourselves in this area that we've been talking about today. It is about you doing what you can do with what you have where you're at. And again, if you want to know who should feel bad and who should be uh, ashamed or whatever, again, it's those people that won't even try. Mm -hmm. They won't even won't even even attempt the work. Um, having said that, these are some things that you can try. We'll put some additional resources in the show notes that might help you. Uh, links to some books uh, that uh, are subject matter around nutrition and exercise. And then obviously, you can always reach out to us directly at info at spiritofeq.com uh, if you'd like to learn more. Folks, you don't know how much 
benefit we will get if you leave us some comments. <laughs> because one, comments help us decide where we're going to go for the next episode. You may you may ask a question or make a comment that we go, oh, we haven't even thought of that. We want to move ahead. So so please give us the comments. We we want to hear. Well, and I would also tell the audience as well that in addition to the comments, a great review on your podcast platform, yes. wherever you get your podcast, is deeply, deeply appreciated. Uh, one of the biggest reasons why that is it helps when people are searching. And you never know. There could be someone out there that you've never met, and they saw your review on our podcast, and it's really going to lead to a breakthrough for them. So we deeply would appreciate that as well. So on that note, Jeff, I will say so long and thanks everybody for tuning in and we look forward to the next time that we're with you. Take care. Take care. Hi everyone, this is Eric Pennington with The Spirit of EQ. I'm not introducing a new episode today. I'm here to tell you some things that might help you. Jeff, you're with me as always. So yes. how do people get in touch with us? Well, the best way is just send us an email at info at spiritofeq.com. That's awesome. Jeff, I was also thinking about reviews, and I'm notoriously bad at asking for them. So reviews on all of the platforms wherever you get your podcasts yes. you think that'd be good i think that would be great because one that will help us learn how to make better ones and it's always good for us so to we're, hear. we're not the perfect podcast host we're close okay all but, right but, but not, still not totally we want perfect. your feedback we want your feedback but it'll it also might uh let us know a new subject hey we need to dig deeper into that yeah. so let us know what you think Cool. We really appreciate that. As always, too, there is social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, and we also have a YouTube channel. Those also have mechanisms or, or options for you to be able to leave a comment, a like, or those kind of things. Just want to make sure that you know how to get in touch with us. Right, Jeff? Right. We appreciate you all. Thank you. Once again, we really appreciate you tuning in today. One of the things that Jeff and I want to bring to your attention as well is that when we created this podcast, it was not intended to take the place of a clinician. In other words, if you find yourself in a place where there's something deeper going on or something that you cannot solve on your own, we do recommend that you reach out to a clinician of some sort. This podcast is purely opinion-based and it is rooted in the desire to help you along your path in whatever way we can. However, it is never going to replace, nor should it ever be looked at as a replacement for clinical help in any way. Thanks again for tuning in.